This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Country Duty Show on CliffCentral.com. My name is Dumisole, and I'm in studio with. Hi guys, my name is Katlako. Welcome back to me. Thank you. Clearly, I've lost touch. It's been a while, and I'm not sure where I am and what's happening. But worry not, I'll be back um, in motion and up and running. It's good to have you back, man. Thank you. Um, how's your week been? Oh, it was so exciting. It was really nice. Okay. So I went to go to do my bike lesson like I promised with Book Iboni during the Is week. It? And it was great. And I caught on really quick because I had such a great teacher. So thank you, Sizwe. I'm now a cyclist. <laughs> that, that's lovely. In fact, there's a right. project that I would like for us to consider and work together with Buki Pony. Yeah. I'll tell you all about it. It's, you know, from a WMC perspective and I have the voucher and we'll go through it. But it's, it's, it's very interesting and it's lovely. Um, and there's money there because it will go to the deserving course for kids in particular. And given some of the initiatives that we do, I think it's, it's, it's worth it. And we've been talking about education and talking about empowering, particularly the black child. And yeah. they just need this type of, um, lift up. And I think if we put our heads together, together with some of my colleagues at WMC, we will definitely come up with something because that's what country duty does yeah so as well while we're still talking about projects that we're going to be doing if you have nothing to do this weekend this long weekend bukibone is going to be having a ride a bike in color it's called the cycling in color event um you can book by paying a hundred rand per person bring your own bicycle or donate a book or two and wear a white t-shirt or you can hire a bicycle from them at 80 Rand and we, they're going to be taking down library names for people who, from the participants on which library they would, they know that needs, um, that needs the books that will be donated. And at the end, they will choose one of the libraries to benefit the books that have been donated to them and the libraries will then go onto the database for the future. And it's an educational Ride, uh, five kilometers around Samuto. It's not a race, it's just a ride where people can go in. So a hundred rand. Bukiboni. They are based in Soweto Bay by Villagazi Street. Great stuff. I remember, I mean, it's quite a hotspot um, from a tourist destination and, and everything. And I think the better placed. And it's important that we start balancing health and fun and, and doing it for a cause. And education. More importantly, exactly. Um, and have you seen what recently has happened? With? I mean, there's so many things that are recently I know, happening. and I'm just trying to think amongst other things. Um, the first one relates to, to Tuzani tweeting and saying that he's coming to clear his he's name. He's coming back. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can't wait. I think it's, it's important that he comes through to clear his name as he, he says, and obviously be arrested. Whether <laughs> that will <laughs> happen or not. contradictory things though. Clear True. his name and be arrested. Because he's a fugitive, you know, um, he's wanted and it's, ne- it's necessary. He says he's not a fugitive. Of course, but time will tell. And then, um, what do you think insofar as the current state of affairs? Please uh, send your WhatsApp messages or voice notes to 079-748-2090 and call us on studio on 0861-555-189. Great stuff. Um, I just saw one of the most disturbing tweets from Et Lusufi. Um, and this is... Um, two Afrikaner men, and I'm saying it deliberately so that the context is clear, went to the Department of Education offices. They had a sort of a prop up, you know, um, or uh, an image of a doll, and they hung it on the tree with Lusufi's face on it uh, and the T-shirt and stuff. And as far as he tweets, and you can check it out at Lusufi, says these guys came in to hang him. And, and it's clear as a result of some of the initiatives that he's been busy with that people are not happy. I find it very offensive. It's clear indication that it goes back to the days. I mean, you just have to do a Google search and see how black people were hung. It's, it's exactly that. Like back in the slavery days, that's how yes. they used to what call us to order as black yes. people whenever we stepped out of their lines or out of their, their ways of doing things. And oh my gosh, like it's, it's, and anytime we do something that is that's that's actually advancing the black people. That's what happens. Like right yeah. now, Lesufi's come out to come and tell us about the 
the, the, the nuclear ocean, school. The I nuclear mean, schools. Like I love that pro, that project yeah. that they're on, and I'm really excited about it. And I hope that it's not just going to end go the nuclear schools because there's so 100%. many things. I was listening to him actually on Power FM this afternoon, and he was talking about how they're going to actually even do um, the automotive. Stuff they in discussion yeah. with BMW about having the automotive um, sector as well included. They're going to have agriculture. They're going to have um, IT in Soweto. There's a school that they've already started with coding yeah. um, for the for IT specialists. Lovely. Now that we talk about coding, there's a very interesting handle, and I know it's ran by Lindy Weir and 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 the crew. It's African Tin Gigs. Um, I don't know if it's in conjunction with that, but this is a group of young, upcoming, especially black um, coders, and and they're teaching young kids from disadvantaged families to code and do everything possible. And and what we are seeing really is a change in so far as things have been done. Mm. We are out of your Benny and Betty type of things to being in the mainstream, and that's this is what it's about. I'm excited about education. Now I'm yeah. really excited about it. Like there's so many things. Like Lisu- oh my gosh, Lisufi does wonderful work, guys. More we importantly, have to give props where props are due. Elijah, um, honourable MEC, if you are listening, would like to have you on the show. Um, we'll extend another invite for you to tell us about these beautiful initiatives. But we'll be in touch. Um, but let's talk about. Amongst other things, I mean, you spoke about that picture and, and those two Afrikaner men. Yeah, I'm going to be retweeting it right now for the people who haven't seen it. Please um, do. Um, but, but it talks to the current state of affairs, um, be it, you know, racial, um, attitudes or, 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 or feelings and stigma, whatever you, you, you call it or you want to think about it. And I think, in 2017 and 18, especially towards late 2017, most of these racial, racial incidents have actually taken a toll. And, and, and racists are out there, um, in full swing. And they basically tear No, of course. They, so they say, uh, do what you have to do and let's see what, what you, you can do to us. Um, one would have thought that the Vicky Momberg, um, outcome may well deter people, but it seems like it it won't. It seems like it gave them more power, ne? Hundred percent. Like they're daring us. Absolutely. Uh and it's very unfortunate. Take but given that there have been some legislative, you know, amendments and considerations dealing with the likes of hate speech, um, curbing racism and, and all of that. And in the studio today we have um an attorney and a good friend of mine, um and a friend of country duty, um, who's really been on it twenty four seven and the likes and has done extensive work. Um she's a an attorney specializing in telecoms and, and, and media, dealt with various regulatory issues on media and, and composition. Anything that you could think of from your cloudy days where it was hectic and inclusion of things. But I won't really go into detail other than say welcome to Lana. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to finally be on hashtag country duty signing in. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you for really coming through and, and coming to talk to us about this. But before we get into details, um, what do you think the current state of play is? Um, and, and in so far, it's, it's twofold. Firstly, with the new dawn, um, are you seeing it? Do you think uh, there's progress being made? The new what? It's called dawn. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if if dawn would be the, the correct adjective to use um, <laughs> because there's a lot that still needs to be done. Um, so let's let's see. Let's give it time. Um, in terms of the current state of affairs, it's quite it's it's quite tense, and I think it's. it's been tense for for some time now we've yeah. seen with um various crimes that have been propagated against members of our our communities yeah. some of the sentiments that have been expressed on social media um yeah. and in the media itself so i think there is a lot of racial tension is it yes. anything new no it's 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 not um but i think there have been certain incidents that have served as catalysts that have brought these issues to the fore yeah. um and i think that's why we've had some of the regulatory and policy Responses that we have in yes. trying to address some of these issues. One of them being, as we have now, the um, Prevention of Hate Crimes and Hate Speech Bill, yeah. which we'll be considering. But there are others, of course. You know, you have the Fulman Publication Amendment Bill that yes. itself is seeking to address some issues pertaining to to content regulation, as as I'd like to identify it. Great stuff. Yeah. Um. And and I, I as I said earlier, 
I agree that these incidents have really just taken a toll mm. and, and, and it's something that should be dealt with. I'm not sure though that such things could be policed, you know, if, if, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, legislative whereas it's more of an attitude type of thing. But, um, let, let's get into it. Um, Tweeps, as we said, please tag us on at country duties at A, at Dumisole, at Henfo underscore K at Tulwana eighty six exactly um, <laughs> and, and and let's talk about your recent experiences hashtag, hashtag. of course hashtag country duty um, and also tag at leafcentral dot com so that we could see your tweets and engage with them our studio number is oh eight six one triple five one eight nine I got it right ne? Well ah, done. <laughs> nah, I, I'm getting the What's hang of things. Number zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero. So like you said that it can uh, that that the hate speech or the anger cannot be policed now. And somebody once asked a question that if it could be policed back in before 1994, why can it not be policed now? Why can it not be um, something that is a law that you you can't you. Do you understand what I mean? Like the yeah. reverse of it. Why can it not be institutionalized? Or, sure. or, or, no, yeah. I hear you. I, and, and that's one of the things that we would obviously consider and, and, and discuss. But Tulana, um, as I said, you've done substantial work in so far as all these things and be it legislative or otherwise. But what is this bill? You know, I saw it was a hullabaloo on Twitter the other mm. day and people talking about it infringing on human rights and freedom of expression. Mm. But for someone who is not a lawyer, um, someone who's listening to the show will probably listen via podcast later and says, I, I see this country duty and hate speech bill. What are you guys talking about? If you were to just define what, you know, um, this hate speech bill is and what is hate speech amongst other things, and then we can talk about what the bill intends to achieve. So just to give an introduction on, on the bill itself and, and just give a bit of history to it, the Department of um, Justice first introduced it in 2016. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of concern that was raised around it. Basically, what it aims to do is to address what it defines as hate speech and it defines as hate crimes. Yeah. There have been a lot of xenophobic attacks that we've seen. There have been a lot of racial remarks you'd rem- you, you may recall with the Penny Sparrow tweets. And yes. that was propagated against a very specific um, sector of our community. Yeah. And so it was really in response to some of those incidents that the department then formulated the hate speech bill. So basically what it's saying is it's saying if you were to commit um, if you were to propagate what they define as hate speech, yes. you are ultimately committing an offense. Yeah. If you were to commit a hate crime, you are ultimately committing an offense. And the way it goes about it is with res- with reference to the hate crime. Yeah. If it's a crime that is perpetuated um, or perpetrated against an individual based on the specific grounds that are um, listed in the legislation. So yes. if it's because a person is, al- is an albino, yes. if it's because like corrective rape, for example, you yeah. know, it's against a very, very sp- specified um, sector of our community, then that yes. would constitute a hate crime as opposed to a normal crime as you'd have under the Criminal Procedure Act. Of course, so like your theft. It looks, exactly. So it okay. looks at the motive and is, is it motivated by um, particular elements of prejudice and uh-huh. then it lists those particular grounds. Similarly, you. again, with hate speech, you know, is there an, an element of prejudice? Is there an element to intentionally um, do harm unto an individual yeah. based on those specific grounds, whether it's um, ethnic, religion, HIV yeah. status. It even indicates that if if it's based on one's um, HIV status, for example. So it, it lists a lot of those grounds. The main concern... Um, as 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 you have always noted, is Be- before but- sorry to to interrupt, and okay. before we get into the concern, mm. um, do you think this has been publicised properly? And 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 talk about publication in this instance is, mm. do you think there's been a drive to at least let people know that there's this type of legislation? Yeah. It's coming, and people need to be wary of these type of things. There, I, for the ordinary person on the street, I would say no. Um, I came to know of it because of my the work that I do as far as media and, and policy legislation is concerned. Um, but I think it goes back to the issue of, um, first of all, trying to assess whether legislation would be the most appropriate way um, given the nature of the issue that we're dealing with. You know, we're yeah. dealing with a very soft societal issue. So would 
it really be something that we want to legislate. Yeah. And so I think even with the department, the approach was, you know, engaging people who are very active in the media field. So engaging your media distributors, engaging yes. other regulators. And there was a lot of conversation um, on those platforms or through those platforms. Mm-hmm. There were civil society organizations involved, but I wouldn't say there was anything like a national roadshow where I've seen some, some departments actually go provincially, 100%. like the road accident Fund, for yes, example, they're yes. very, very visible with some of their campaigns. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen something similar as far as the hate speech and hate crimes bill is concerned. I mean, and, and one would think that would be necessary, um, given the consequences, which we'll get to a bit later, that mm. you want to have, you know, a proper roadshow, um, at least even an advert of some sort, you know, in, in a language or otherwise. Especially because it's something that would affect literally every single citizen if yes. you're thinking about it. The minute you're talking about anything that um, curtails the freedom of speech, for instance, it affects every single individual. And it's very important then that you educate and there's some sort of awareness as far as these kind of developments and interventions are concerned yeah. because then it becomes the issue of, well, I didn't know. But we all know, you know, ignorance of the law, is it an offense? Yeah. Last time I checked in my it's law not. books, it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if there have been any Development. Yeah. So, Tlan, I wanted to ask. You said that they were um, they they were a bit hesitant about legislating this because they didn't know because of the sensitivity of. of, of no, no, no. What I was saying is, I I don't think legislating it is the most appropriate way to deal with what the hate speech bill seeks to address. Oh, okay. And 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 in li- and I don't say that lightly. It's in light of what's already there. So you have yeah. your constitution, for example, that has your section 16 that is your freedom of expression clause. Um you then also have your section 9 that speaks to the right of equality and issues pertaining to discrimination and the grounds um on which one can and cannot discriminate. Yeah. You also have your protection of equality your promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination act mm-hmm. you've got your human rights commission you've got your gender equality so with all of those institutions and legislation and policies in place yeah. is there a need for an additional piece of legislation yes there is pray to motivate because we're living in a society where we have to tell people that doom Mm. Or spraying somebody with doom. Mm. Like we have gotten to a point where um, our people are so, I don't want to use ignorant, uh, but they're so careless with, with, with important or dangerous things that they just use them carelessly as however way they want to. So it's almost like a child, you know, you can't just let them go and explore. Now you need to now guide them that, no, this is wrong, this is right. That's that's just where we are. And I think it's probably because we're still trying to find our own footing ourselves to finding uh, equality. Yeah. And I use that word very loosely. <laughs> no. We're trying to find footing in ourselves. So even you need to, we're still at the point where we need to uh, educate people, even on the most yeah, common stuff like the common, the most common sense stuff. Like you mm. know, common sense. The, the most what is that popular phrase? Common sense is not common it's to not, everyone. It's not common to so everyone. So some things that we overlook and we just think, yeah, but you should know. You know, like you you don't necessarily. But I like I like your choice of words when you said educate. Um, there's a very big difference um, as far as raising awareness and educating people yeah. a, a, with with the objective of trying to promote social cohesion yeah. versus, versus legislating. Because when you legislate something, you're just saying it's illegal, but it does not necessarily address or, or, or change the status quo. You know, some in, at one of the workshops that I was attending, somebody said, well, what you're essentially going to do is drive these extremist groups underground. Yes. Already you have some areas in the country that are um, habited by a, only a specific population. I mean, there's Orania. It's exactly, you know, it's a state within yeah. a state, you know. So when you have, when you put policies and legislation in place and you're trying to address social ills, you're trying to address things that manifest as a result of socioeconomic circumstances, um, think about whether that will actually achieve the desired result. Is it proportional? Is it necessary at the end of the day? Especially because from where I stand, I don't think that we have completely exhausted the instruments that we have at our disposal. So do enough people know that you've got your Human Rights Commission as a recourse? Um, And would 
adding another piece of legislation necessarily increase awareness? I don't think so. You know, so I think there has to be more of an emphasis on educating and, and, and raising awareness that this is a, a certain racism is unacceptable. Xenophobia is unacceptable. Any sort of discrimination is unacceptable. And when it does happen, call it out. I think the yeah. Vicky Momberg case actually has almost started that. It's, it's ignited mm-hmm. that because also, you know, you have to look at it also from an implementation point of view. Is the judiciary itself educated enough? Is SAPS educated enough? If I was to come as somebody from the LGBTI community yes. and want to report something, how would the police on the other side of the desk um, respond to me? How would he actually take my case? And would he ridicule me? Will he send me away? Um, even though I've got legis- I've got a constitutional right. Yes. Do you see? So that for me is the major challenge that I have with the bill, other than the drafting and some of the terminology that's used in the bill itself. The question is, will another piece of legislation address the social ills, the socio-economic ills that we face? What do you suggest? How do you suggest we go about it? I mean, outside of the fact that we black people are always out here complaining or crying or raising awareness to the fact that, listen, um, when you ask me a question like, um, this is one of my favorite questions that I've ever been asked. Do you speak to dead people? You know, those are the kind, those are the kind of things outside of the fact that as, as, as black people, and I have to individually go to up to people and say, listen, when you speak to me like that, when you tell me that, um, I speak so well, when you tell me that I don't sound black, when you tell me that, um, those kind of so-called compliments that those kind of things are, are, are unacceptable outside of us individually each time every single time it happens to me or it happens to somebody and now they have to go up to a person and say don't, you don't say that how else do we do it nationwide yeah because now that what you're saying is that and okay i hear your point and it's a fair and valid point actually because especially considering that implementation of anything in south africa is so poor um then how do we as South Africans implement it in our daily lives on the streets and make sure that there's less of hate and anger going on? Um, if I may, um, you know, most of the stuff that we're talking about um, relates to, as I said, your prejudices. These are um, individualistic type of thing. Um, I mean, hate is specific to, to a person um, mm. and a race and stuff like that. But but maybe before we then get into, um, you mentioned some categories, and I'd like for you just to point out those categories. And then let's look at the practical aspect of mm. it um, and, and, and what do those include and the reach. One of the things that after the, the smaller um, music break that we, I, I would like for us to look at is, you know, who is targeted um, insofar as this bill? Is it going to be white people? Is it going to be black people? Is it going to be everyone or corporates or otherwise? But um, let's do that. This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the Country Duty Show on CliffCentral.com. Um, and thanks for joining us. We're talking about the recent hate speech bill that's been gazetted and is being considered by Parliament. Um, we are seeing your tweets, and thanks for sending them through, insofar as a link um, at Clarence FDB. Thanks for your tweets. We know that you always listen to the show. We may not agree, but that's the whole point of country duty and having a debate, and it's necessary for us to consider each and everyone's view. Yeah, just before we took a musical break, we spoke about um, the bill and the lack of, I'd say, advertising or, or, or informing people as to what this thing is and what it would mean or a drive towards that. But let's look at, you spoke about categories, as, as we pointed out, um, and, and those listed grounds. Do you perhaps just want to run through those and then we then get in as to really um, what the potential consequences are and, and what will it mean for a man on the street. Are there any exceptions for, for that matter? The first um, aspect that w- I'll just take us through, take the listeners through as well, is the grounds as far as hate crimes is concerned. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, any crime that is motivated 
uh, or there's a prejudice in relation to one's age, albinism, birth, color, culture, disability, ethnic or social origin, gender or gender identity, HIV status, language, nationality, migrant or refugee status. Interestingly enough, occupation or trade. I will let the people just take that in. Yeah. <laughs> Political affiliation or conviction, race, religion, sex, which includes intersex or sexual orientation. Some of these are already ex- are are easily um, identifiable, identifiable or yeah. reconcilable to the constitution. You would um, note that section nine of the constitution also lists the grounds upon which one cannot be discriminated, um, and then section sixteen of the constitution, which talks about the freedom of expression. It also talks about those grounds as far as the constitutional's definition of um, hate speech. So that's with relation to hate crime. Sure. So any crime that is perpetuated based on a prejudice um, on any of those listed ground then would constitute for purposes of this bill a hate crime. Yeah. Then you've then got um, hate speech that's also got its own list that pretty much mirrors um, the list as far as hate crime is concerned. The challenge has always been you've got the promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act that's yes. got its own grounds. You've got the Constitution in Section 16 two that really limits the grounds as far as hate speech is concerned then you've got what you have currently in the bill and trying to reconcile that you've got other pieces of legislation as well and trying to then reconcile that becomes very difficult you asked about exceptions in the first draft of the bill there were no exceptions and that is where your south african media um, industry was most concerned because mm-hmm. ultimately when it came to issues of public interest there was no exception as far as that's concerned if it was a work that had any dramatic or artistic merit what about freedom of expression versus freedom of the media and how yes. do you balance the two yeah. so fortunately when the bill was revised by the department they did take that into consideration so on the face of it there are exceptions um, but I think the exceptions themselves still needs to be fine tuned yes. um, Simply because of the wording of it So as far as artistic or dramatic merit is concerned There is um, somewhat of an exception But it the way that it's drafted is It's almost like it cancels out The the ex- the, the, the exception that it purports to bring in Indeed. So just to read it out for you quickly um, As far as the exception with regard to artistic and creativity is concerned So any bona fide artistic creativity Performance or other form of expression to the extent that such creativity, performance or expression does not advocate hatred that constitute incitement to cause harm based on the grounds that are listed. So for me, I then just tried to think how would this actually play out, especially yes. when you have other institutions such as the Fulman Publication Act. Um, the Fulman Publication Board yes. Whose job is to really then Try and regulate content And assign the appropriate age rating So for instance you might Very well have an instance where the Fulman Publication Board would assign a, a An artistic piece A particular rating But uh, that very rating yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Let's not go there but this, is, this is what it is But yeah <laughs> So you'd have one institution, you know, giving, assigning a particular piece of dramatic art, a age category, um, but then you might have that very same piece of artistic work being caught by the um, hate speech and hate crimes bill. Then what do you do when you've literally got two pieces of legislation pronouncing very differently on the same piece of work? And those are the, exactly, so those are some of the considerations that, that the department together with parliament right now really has to see how do they align um, the current pieces of legislation so even the definition in the promotion of yeah. equality and prevention of unfair discrimination act as far as hate speech is concerned is quite different from the one that's introduced in the bill mm. and the act says if there are any conflicts um, between itself and any other legislation then the pr- promotion of equality act would mm-hmm. actually prevail yeah. exactly so there has to be that um, alignment and it's something that we always try and sense Parliament and government and the legislature as a whole to just so that this regulatory certainty because it also has an impact as far as investment in the creative sector um, as well as the media sector is concerned. Yeah.
No, I, I hear you. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. Surely one of the things that people should um, have done is to look at what we currently have um, and then work from there instead of going through and legislating and spending money on, on creating new law. I agree. And I, and, and, and I think some of the challenge is also when you have new things developing in society, new phenomenons that don't seem to be um, readily addressed in legislation. So yes. the other challenge is really how do we keep legislation in line with what's happening in society? 100%. So for instance, LGBTI has become um, a big issue as far as some of the um, discrimination that they themselves suffer. You know, yes. you've got the increase in corrective rape. Yes. Then you've got the whole target against albinos because of all sorts of beliefs and now they're really being targeted. Yeah. Um, and so what happens when a few years down the line, you've got some some form of, of discrimination or targeting of a particular group, um, but that's not easily reconcilable to some of the laws that we have. So I think that's really the other reality that, you know, we also as a country sign up to various international instruments and conventions and ratify them, and they then have to be translated into domestic policies and legislation. And how do you reconcile that with some of the current legislation that we have? Um, and I think what's happening with Section 25 of the Constitution is really exactly that, where mm-hmm. we are saying, yes, we've got this piece of instrument. Yes, we've got the supremacy of the Constitution. Yes. But we've got other social economic issues that we have to address. Um, so I think that's also the reality of it is where you have to reflect and say, how relevant are some of the laws in the society that we find ourselves in? Yeah. But I think that's probably why we have to keep looking at them or reviewing them every time they come, these issues come up. Um, some of these things we can't preempt or we can't see into, you know, because it's things that, I don't know, that we ourselves are still learning as well. It's like a, a whole learning curve. Like, sure, in, in five years time, there's going to be another issue that's going to come up and we're going to have to go and relook at everything. Um, because it's going to now be discriminating against a certain kind of, a certain group of people or a certain classified group of people. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think the inclusion of people and, and, and the going out to, to, to the streets and talking to people would have probably captured a couple of other things that might have fallen through the net when this was being drafted. Absolutely. And, and, and I think you absolutely right. Um, as she, cause, those things would have to be considered, but 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 my concern really relates to always trying to le- legislate certain things that mm. develop. You know, there's there's going to be an outbreak or a racist or otherwise. Um, are you then going to run back to parliament or propose a bill and try and deal with that? You know, but um, that's why it's the part. It's, it's for the people, right? It's it's for the people. It's it's because. You have to admit, there's something, that's why they say it's, it's, it, two heads are better than one. Because sometimes one person is only going to be looking at an issue that affects them right now, or that affects somebody around them. And somewhere, somehow along the line, they would, somebody they know would know somebody that will be affected by something that has never crossed their mind that they would have never thought of. So, it, including more people in, in, in discussions, I guess, like for example with the land debate, right? Um the 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 what do you call it with the submissions process? Mm. That's probably where you're going to be capturing things that or finding things that you yourself or me myself mm. would never have thought of. Um one of the first things that we spoke about last week for example as well was the um the Koi sign and where they stand on the land reform and and stuff. And I I, I bet money that government when they or when when Zuma came out tested last year and said we're going to do land he did not think about that that only came in now this year when the Khoisan people came out to say yeah but you guys you know same thing with the constitution when it was first redrafted the same people said that they were not consulted on when it came in so like the traditional um Leaders bill, they have their own thing. The Khoisan weren't given that kind of opportunity because people were only thinking with blinds, with blinds on. You need to now take those off and, and allow. I know it might, it might delay the process at the end of the day, but then I think if we do that, we might then reduce bill after legislation after legislation after legislation that keeps coming up. 
Yep, uh, and and I hear you. And and isn't it one of the things, especially on the land issue, that's been considered to say to them, um, "Come, make your representations and 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 hear them out." Okay. But what I found interesting, however, when you speak about the the Khoisan and and stuff, they've actually now joined hands with Afriforum. I don't know if you've seen that. I heard. Yeah, um, and it's very <laughs> listen. Uh, but it's look, look, they're still in discussions. Can I just say they're still in, di- because I mean, remember we said. Discussions uh, with Africa? No, yeah, how, I get it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Why are you discriminating? <laughs> we started from the, t- they started these discussions or the, yeah, the bill from the 22nd until the 27th. I'm not saying anything until the 27th because only on the 27th will we know where they stand. I mean, EFF was also talking to ANC, so. Uh, uh, I'll let you know, but I, I have my, my reasons. In fact, I just saw a tweet now in so far as it's a Buckley's studies, um, um, that was done. Uh, I think, uh, stats of some sort. I will try and find it. But what it talks about, it talks about the land ownership and, and, and the numbers. I hope I haven't refreshed as much. You gotta remember and, as well and, and, that and just pointed out. members are mostly the members who are Holding onto the land but this And is the constitution or the thing that's holding back The reform is the fact that there must be A willing seller, there are no willing sellers So if you're in discussions with every forum You are trying to, to find that Balance, are you not? No, no, to no, find no. That, that, uh, uh, To close that gap where there's no Willing seller, no, are you but, not? But you see, let, let's maybe not digress And speak about okay, land and, and yeah. forum, <laughs> But other than saying It's a touchy uh, subject, it's a hot subject Can, can I get in though? In relation to um, this proposed hate speech bill, mm. if if black people, insofar as legislation uh, and, and how the bill is crafted, were to stand up like they're doing now and call him for land, and surely it becomes a topical issue and, and to a certain extent offensive to the likes of Afriform or a white person or otherwise, insofar as that bill is concerned and how I read it, you know, it's going to deal with a particular race, which happens to be a black person talking to white people and saying, I would like to have land or you took my mm-hmm. land and stuff like that. Surely, insofar as it is, it means an aggrieved white person could look at this and say, listen, you're offending me. Um, you're targeting a particular race. You're saying all these hateful things and that's hate speech. And therefore, you know, you could lay a criminal charge and, and arrest it. Is, is that how things are? And if we tie it with the land discussion, do you see it that way? So um, in order for speech to constitute hate speech yeah. um, in terms of the bill, it has to be harmful. There has to be a clear intention for that to be harmful yes. or promote or propagate hatred. So yeah. ultimately the onus would be on the aggrieved party to say that, um, you know, this particular individual speech is harmful or the inciting harm or promoting or propagating hatred. Yeah. Um, this is quite different though from the definition that you have in the constitution because the constitution says um, there must be advocacy for hatred on very narrowly defined grounds, namely race, ethnicity, gender, and religion. Um, and over and above that advocacy to um, promote hatred, yes. there has to be incitement to cause harm. So it's a two pronged test. Um, the bill takes a bit of a different approach and it's no longer a two pronged um, test. It's, is it insightful? Is it, har- it does, does it incite any harm? Um, is it harmful? Excuse me. Um, does it, or does it propagate hatred? So those are some of the considerations that, for instance, if it was to go to the Human Rights Commission or if it was to go to, um, to court that the presiding officer would have to try and consider. Um, you know, with crimes, there are always elements that you have to prove. For murder, there are very specific elements that you have to prove. So, so as far intent- as hate speech is concerned, there has to be that intention to, to be harmful, yes. to incite, to promote or propagate hatred. Yeah. So they can get away with I didn't intend to. Of course. As an exception, I think. I don't know, Tulana, your your views. But I think you can say that, but at the end of the day, you would have to assess the case and say, um, do you, if, and you'd have to look at it within the wider context of what's going on in society. Um, you have to look at the current state of affairs. Um, you have to look at the, the wider context. And I suppose it's easier with a hate crime versus hate speech sometimes. Um, because with your hate crimes, for example, um, there'd be a, 
specific individual that would be harmed. Um, there would be property of belonging to a specific, excuse me, specific group of people, yeah. um, that would be vandalized as you've had with your xenophobic attacks. And so you'd have to look at the wider context as far as speech is concerned that is directed to a particular individual. Um, and interestingly enough, the victim of hate speech or hate crime can now even include an institution. So mm. it's gone beyond just a natural person or group of persons, but also um, a, a juristic person can actually so now like start claiming companies and exactly. Um, and where's the rationale in that? Yeah. How practical is it? Um, I, I've been trying to think about an example or a situation where a corporate entity would then go and lay a charge. Um, for hate speech or, or, or hate crime. Well, maybe if you go out and you say, if you call them out for their nonsense, for example, a certain auditing company could probably come out and call us and say that us calling them incompetent could be hate speech. But in any event, surely no, that will be determined on an objective basis yes. and, and you oh, need to then look at, at, you know, the intent and stuff. Yes. But, but, but having said that, for example, I mean, you guys probably have saw the UCT tweet yesterday um, on the timeline where they said, let's discuss uh, black people and, and, and what is it that they, they like. I don't know. I'm just No, they said that the, black people don't deserve nice things yes. inside of... In, did you not see it? Ooh, girl. That, that, that's the tweet. Um, and, <laughs> they and, said they forgot to put the inverted commas in. Imagine. Yes. But now, on those bases, amongst other things, that's obviously hurtful because it takes away or doesn't even consider the, the historical aspects of it. It has connotations mm. that are unpleasant and otherwise. And on your point regarding corporates and stuff like that, one surely could say if this bill has passed, go to a police station to say, you know, does that mean they at UCT uh, News Radio, for example, who was tweeting? Because that's that's the the account. Link it with UCT as an institution, and therefore say we've been offended. That was hate speech and stuff like that. But then it raises um, the issues of blood. I mean, flat gates yes. at the end of the day. Yes. And now the question is, how are we going to curtail those flat gates? Exactly. And it goes back to um, the point that I was raising earlier is what are we trying to address? Yeah. We're trying to address um, socioeconomic issues. We're trying to promote social cohesion. And is litigating, do we even have the capacity? So do we want to overstretch? And is litigation to begin with the correct way of going about it? Um, surely there has to be a distinction um, as far as when you can and cannot litigate. When do you take it to a criminal court? When are there different kinds? of sanctions and that's why you have your equality courts versus your criminal courts and then just start assessing and seeing what is the most appropriate way because at the end of the day like you just said to me yeah. it's going to be floodgates um, and then there is whether the ju judiciary itself or SAPS are capacitated to even no. begin to appreciate yeah. um, that there is such a thing as hate speech, that there is such a thing as a hate crime and actually give it the attention that it's due. So it's, it's, it's a very broad issue and yeah. it's something that cannot be only on government's shoulders alone to address through policies or legislation. It's things that through platforms such as social media, you call them out. You show that there is no tolerance at all for this kind of behavior, Indeed. for this kind of speech, particularly um, in light of the history of South Africa um, and where we are trying to go as a nation. It has to be a much broader response than just legislating and saying you are committing an offense if you say one, two, three, mm. especially like something like speech as yeah. well. So who's going to now come and implement it in my house yeah. when you and I are engaging on WhatsApp, you 100%. know, and will it change my perception? So the fact that it's illegal, will it change my perception if I've got a prejudice against you? Absolutely no, not. it won't. Yeah. And yet what we're trying to address, what we're trying to promote in advance is social cohesion. Indeed. Um, I mean, these are very topical and uh, serious issues that you really can't, um, in my view, legislate and basically push it uh, and, and move with it. Um, our WhatsApp line is 079-748-2090. Tibiso sent a WhatsApp and he says, I've just heard now that the question and leaders claiming to be the first citizens joined forces with AfriForum. There are no surprises there. That's why they even thought it appropriate to define themselves outside of the back people of SA. Worrying indeed. Um, you know, this is a view um, and, and 
it, it talks to so many historical issues um, about how people perceive themselves and and you know to a certain extent who they want to identify themselves with i think they they at liberty to do so uh whether there'll be a proper outcome or something that will make them satisfied is yet to be seen uh i'm wondering if they'll be joining afri forum on the international campaign regarding the land issue i doubt but um it's a relationship in my view of inconvenience but let's give it some time coming back to what we're discussing um uh, normally Legislation like the Criminal Procedure Act and the likes uh, would propose certain sanctions. Mm. On this instance, what is it that we're looking at and uh, what would be a worst case scenario? If Dumi, for example, who sometimes is vocal and talks about this and gets charged with this, um, what is it likely he may face um, in court? So we're looking at um, sanctions such as imprisonment. We're looking at sanctions such as declaration of um, one being declared as a habitual criminal. <laughs> we're also looking at um, fines, corrective supervision. Yeah. And, and again, so you pay a, a certain amount. Will it change the issue? Yeah. It, 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 it might dent you. your, yeah. will it change you? It yeah. might dent your pocket. And I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a place for, um, sanctions. I'm not saying that there's not a place for legislation, but you really have to then is assess, is it necessary? The means that your institution is instituting, are they proportional? Will they actually help you meet the objectives? But just to answer your, your question to me, those are some of the sanctions that you have. Um, I mean, Penny, Penny Sparrow was 150,000 rand, I think, that the yeah. Equality Court had fined her. Yes. Um, we now have with Vicky, uh, three years. And so there has been that cross-reference with the Criminal Procedure Act as far yeah. as, um, contravention with this particular piece of legislation is concerned but perhaps we do need the baton on some of these issues you know um, because mm. as people see that there are very real consequences to calling somebody a kafir for example yeah. to um, just you know subjecting a person to degrading um, conditions simply mm. because of their their affiliation with a particular group or belonging to a particular sector of our community you definitely need that yeah. um, but but what about those particular cases that happen and they don't make it to court? Indeed. How do we address all? And, and I believe that you'd have more that don't make it to court than those yeah. that do. And that is why I say the response to it has to be much, much wider. It has to be mm. beyond just policy and legislation. 100%. I mean, for, for me, what it also says is, as you correctly pointed out now, we have to have these conversations. We, we have to see to it that people are talking. Um, I, I'm just worried that we're going to find most people in jail. Um, and, and, and it's going to, amongst other things, given the floodgates now, um, really not, you know, um, do what it's required to do. People will be in jails. Jails are already flooded. Um, uh, but it still won't strike to the core. And the core really here is people's attitudes and, mm. and perceptions. Mm. That, that is very difficult to policy and, and ensure that, um, that there's compliance. And, you know, I think more work needs to be put in. Um, and not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, there are positive elements to the bill yeah. um, in that uh, there has to be, it's actually made provision for there being educational and awareness programs, yes. especially by um, the South African Human Rights Commission, as well as the Gender Equality Commission, um, as well as also the judiciary, ensuring yes. that the judiciary is well educated and equipped to be able to handle some of these issues. Um, I believe that it has to also be extended to the SAPS because yeah. before a matter is heard in court you actually start off by opening a case at the 100%. police station so we also need to start sensitizing and changing the perceptions of some of the police people out there yeah. I, I mean just not not to digress but it was just like some of the issues that we've been seeing about um crimes if i can speak about it like that that are committed online yeah. um you know and people complaining about th- identity theft on Facebook Indeed. or people perpetuating certain things on Facebook and you go to a police station and the police just does not really understand okay so where's Facebook um, yeah. because you're talking about something that was committed on a social media, media platform, platform you know and that that was a 
big, big challenge. And then it was realized that there has to be a lot of um, education and awareness as far as digital literacy of the police themselves, you know, mm. so that they even understand how do you collect evidence? How do you put it together um, in a docket? How do you then ensure that you process it well for purposes of a successful prosecution? And so in the same way, as far as successful implementation of the bill is concerned, there also has to be that um, empowerment, if I can put it like that, um, on the part of our law enforcement to ensure that they are well capacitated because one of the things that the bill also mandates the department to do is to report to cabinet on the implementation of the of the bill mm. and that would speak to successful persecution yeah. that would speak to how many cases have been reported of those reported cases how many were prosecuted what was the outcome yeah. so that we see um, whether it's being effectively implemented yeah no, I think, I mean, we could talk about this for the longest of time and ensure that we, we raise awareness, but we will continue with the discussions on hashtag country duty, um, the hate speech bill, um, do tag us at Dumisole, um, at handful underscore K, at Tulwana 86, I got it right, ne? Yes, 86, the numerals, 86. Yes. Um, and at, um, country duties at A. Um, Tulwana, it was really lovely to have you on our show and I th- I'm hoping that it's been, um, you know, informative and engaging. Um, the tweets won't stop that much, I can tell you. And you'd have to catch up, retweet and respond. And yeah. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Um, and, and what I like though is this, let's have these conversations at the end of the day because it was just like when the whole eToll thing came up, a, 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 a huge sector of our public said, I was never informed. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important that as ordinary citizens that we participate in some of these processes because at the end of the day, they will have a bearing on us. So, um, let's keep the conversation going. Let's engage and, and engage with the objective of ensuring that we do so. Um, you know, there's critique and then there's criticism. Let's try and build. Let's try and advance, um, social cohesion at the end of the day. Great stuff. Um, lovely way to conclude. Awesome. Um, there's a important announcement. Yeah. In, in line with speaking about, um, people being included in, in legislations that's been taking place, the restitution bill, the, um, review for section 25 of the constitution, um, submissions, um, has been put up by the department. Um, the closing date for written submissions and requests for oral representation is Thursday, 31st of May, 2018. All inquiries as well as written submissions can be addressed to Ms. Pat Jaya. Sorry if I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, you can send it via post to PO Box, committee section PO Box 15 Cape Town 800 or email, uh, PJAYIYA at parliament.co.za. Um, general guidelines for, for having the, the, writing the submissions um, is that the most important thing is to give concrete examples of your problems and in your area and how the bill would affect the underlying problems and it's best to just give to write in the most um, comfortable language that you can right from the heart um, there's formatting guidelines that have also been put up I'm going to tweet the link to this um, guideline that gives of uh, on how to write the submissions for the bill and then you guys can just check it out on Country duty today or at my hand, at, on my handful. I'm sure Dumi will also retweet it and then you can get it there. And let's just do our best to, to, to also have our voices heard, um, in, in, in regards to the land reform. Yeah. Um, and it's time. Um, that was the country duty show on cliffcentral.com. Do join us next week. Watch out for tweets and announcement and thanks for being part of it. This is cliffcentral.com.